Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to the Bucks Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Hallboom. This is episode 51, and I'm happy to have my co-host back with me this evening. Scott and Bodan are in the building for the unveiling of my final edition of my mock draft for this draft season. What's going on, fellas? How we doing? Doing good, man. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm good, man. Let's get drafty with it. All right, let's, let's do it. Um, so yeah, for anyone who's watching, we're going to go through all 32 picks in the first round of the NFL draft. Um, I got, you guys want me to hold this up like this, or should I just talk about it? What do you think's best for our, our viewers here? Uh, I think it's kind of fun to go through. I, I guess people are going to start reading ahead, but if they're watching it on YouTube, but, um, I kinda like there's the, still a lawyer from the audio. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind the one by one reveal. Like it's the Royal rumble, you know, like someone coming out and it's like, that's Stone cold music. Yeah. Oh, I, I just, just, a, just a thought. So we got a split vote here. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to leave it up, Scott. I'm okay. sorry. No, that's cool. Um, so wait, before we get started, is yeah. this like a predictive or are these like your rankings of like, who are the best guys? Yeah. Great question. No, it is absolutely predictive for the most part. I mean, sure. Tiebreakers. I may just kind of side with something I want them to do, but mm. uh, for the most part, the goal is to predict as many correctly as I can. And um, you know, in I got a follow up. Yeah. yeah. One more follow up. Are you got no trades in this? I got no trades, man. And that's okay. more that's like too much. It's too much. I think I think so. Like so many yeah. people like like to predict trades. I find that's just gonna muck up your whole mock draft. I'd rather take my chances on them being none. And you know what I'm saying? It's just it's more fun this way anyway. Yeah. You can really zero in on the team's needs and focus on the best players on the board. So um without further ado, let's get into it. Not a huge shocker here. Uh Jacksonville Jaguars. I have them selecting Aiden Hutchison. Lots of talk lately that uh Trayvon Walker. The edge rusher out of Georgia is a player who Trent Balky would just absolutely be in love with. Balky being the GM of the Jags based on, you know, how he's done things in the past. Um, but, you know, tons of smoke screens. You got to siphon through it all. And I just think Aiden Hutchinson's the safest pick if, if edge rusher is what you're looking for, at least if you're going to stay at the number one spot. And, uh, you know, they've said that they haven't received any offers for the number one pick. Balky said as much. So, <laughs> I mean, I think it's Aiden Hutchinson. And I think it's a fine pick. I think he's got the highest highest floor of those guys and maybe not quite the same ceiling, but he could sure as hell be a double-digit sack player for like a decade. Well, coming in here with absolutely zero bias about Aiden Hutchinson, I feel like it's my time to talk. Um, to say that he has a low or a highest floor is obviously um, completely ridiculous as he has no floor. Uh, there is nothing but superstardom in his future and insinuating anything different is, uh, you know, borderline reckless on your part, uh, Colin. Um, uh, but serious. Yeah. Super exciting. Um, obviously can get to the passer, unbelievable athlete can stop the run. Um, no character issues. And I know I was joking about the floor thing, but it does seem like, you know, who's going to be really good for a long time. He is. And, yeah. uh, in a draft, especially, where the quarterbacks are leaving a lot to be desired and um, the need at that position isn't necessarily there, or, you know, the supply isn't necessarily meeting the demand. I think Aiden Hutchinson is the best player. And I think he makes the most sense here. You think he's the best player? I do. 
Yeah. What about you? I, who's the best player in the draft? Yeah. You think Aiden? Like, I guess, like, I did, my thing is, like, if you were if you were actually the GM, you you'd feel good. You'd feel like, okay, I've got an I got a job for another year with Aiden Hutchinson. But do you feel like you're gonna win the most games with Aiden Hutchinson coming out of this draft with him? It's so hard because it's football and it's yeah. so much, it, it's so different like i understand what you're saying maybe he does you know what i should say that maybe he doesn't have the highest ceiling you know what i mean i think he could yeah. probably make a pretty good um argument for thibodeau i don't know boom if, if you would uh if you would you know second that um uh, especially from that position i just think he's going to be really good and he's going to be really productive for a long time and i i don't even want to say he's going to be really good i think he's going to be a pro bowler i think he's going to be like TJ Watt or something. I, I truly yeah. believe that. And I know that sounds ridiculous as a Michigan fan or blah, 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 but he's earned this. Uh, he's earned these accolades. He's earned this kind of presumptive number one position. And um, I don't know. I, I, I truly, I, I believe in it. I, I, I think he's the right pick there. Yeah. The, the comp that I keep hearing is the, he's like, his floor is basically being like the third Bosa brother and not, the third Bosa brother and being like the third Manning brother, like oh, it actually like, like oh, there's another really good Bosa brother in the, right. in the league. Um, so I don't know. I I just I think if you're the Jags and you've got your franchise quarterback, like I think the move for them would be to trade down out of this pick if they could, if they got mm. some like legitimate offers. But if I was in that chair, if I was Trent Balky, I feel like I would try to just swing for the fences, just try to get cave on Thibodeau, maybe go with Trayvon Walker. If you really believe it. Um, and you're hearing all the right things. I, I would honestly maybe even just go fuck it. I'm going with Kyle Hamilton. I think he's the best player in the draft and I'm just going to go and do it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I just, it, it's a very safe pick. It's a very, I'm going to be employed next year pick, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested in your take on this boom. I don't like your tone boat in. I know. I'm sorry. I, I don't I, like it one bit. I think to be in a position to feel comfortable swinging for the fences, which is what you're suggesting, Bodan, then I, I just don't know if you're in that position as a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I True. think of all the teams that need some stability and a sure thing, they're probably that team. And I think Aiden Hutchinson gives them that. And the biggest thing, like you asked about like the ceilings of other players at this position, I would say you could. there's a bunch of guys with a higher ceiling. And, but their yeah, ceiling yeah. is half the, the reason they're even in consideration in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it, it all depends on your priorities as a franchise. I think they need to get some sure things in there. And I think Aiden Hutchinson's a good start, primarily because of just the, the proven, what Scott talked about off the top, the proven like work ethic, mentality, leadership, commitment to his craft. He has only received actual role. production, too, is another yeah. thing. For it, sure. You know, he actually did it. He's the most productive edge rusher in the class as well. Yeah. So let's not forget that. And he's playing, you know, in a major conference for a really good team. So, uh, and, you know, you could argue he helped Ojabo a lot. But I don't want to talk about Michigan the whole time or this position because we can kind of group some of these in together as discussions hey. at, after we get through the first few. So let's move yeah. along here. Um, I haven't seen this many places. I've decided to to have Ahmad Sauce Gardner as the second player off the board. Um Notice a typo here. Sorry, this is just my like working document where I jot it all down. The actual article is going to be coming out on SI very likely tomorrow. 
Um, so I technically have a few hours that I could change something, but I'm hoping I don't need to because I put enough time into this. I can't wait to just submit it, have it in article form and then not really have to worry about it anymore. Um, okay. okay. So obviously what the people want to know that, you know, they, they want to pull the curtain back here, but in and I got this, uh, document a few minutes before the, the podcast in call. This is, this is awesome. I hope this happens on, on draft night and just tell us. Why, why Sauce Gardner at number two? Yeah, so first of all, the Lions have not only the second pick, they have the um, they have the, the 32nd 30 second. pick in the first round, and then they pick a few picks into the second round, right? So they've got three picks in, like, the top 35 selections here. Mm. And, and I think the quality, like, like you could get a Boye Maffe or an Arnold Ebiketti. Okay, Boye Maffe's a... Mafe is a pass rusher out of Minnesota. Abiketti is a pass rusher out of Penn State. The difference between one of those two guys and, say, a Kayvon Thibodeau or a Trayvon Walker or a Jermaine Johnson to me is much less, way, way less than the difference between a Mod Gardner and the cornerback you're going to get off the top of the second round or even the bottom okay. of this first. So that, considering the fact they invested a top a top five pick in uh, Jeff, Jeff Okuda a couple years ago, he since tore his Achilles. Um, and you know, with with the state of modern medicine and, and whatnot, the hope is he'll have a, he'll be fully recovered coming into this year. Yeah, he also sucks. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's 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 hard to say. Let's give the guy a chance here. He had a tough rookie season playing for the Detroit Lions, but they were an absolute disaster that year, right? right? Like as a corner, you're gonna get you're gonna get abused if you don't have any security around you. Okay, fair enough. Let's just say it hasn't gone well for him. Okay, for the first little bit. It, his fault or not, uh, you know, fair enough. An injury, obviously, to be everything needs to be considered. It's not going well for the fourth overall pick. Yeah, right? in, okay. after after one year, of course it hasn't. But I think you got to look at a much bigger sample size before you can write him off completely. But let's say you are in Scott's, you know, looking through Scott's uh, maze and blue glasses here as well, and you're very ultra critical of Jeff Okuda, the former fourth overall pick out of Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Then, then that makes the selection of a mod Gardner all the more important because you're then covering your ass with another lockdown corner, the best press man corner in the draft, a guy who is just a spotless record on and off the field, didn't give up a touchdown in his career at Cincinnati as the team obviously, you know, made it to the college football playoffs. So they experienced their most success as a team. He was a huge part of it. And I just think he's legit, man. He's so long. He's, he's a ferocious competitor. He has all the physical tools you look for. His length is insane. Okay, he looks like a like an NBA swingman out there. <laughs> um, and and yeah, like I just think I just think that'd be a good pick. And I and I just because I'm not seeing it anywhere doesn't mean that I don't think it could be a legit chance of happening. What's uh, I mean, obviously I've taken a look at some some marks, but what would be kind of the consensus on where he would? go boom like where where do you actually think he's gonna go um i think i i think he's gonna go in the top five picks okay okay i I think well sorry i shouldn't say five maybe maybe like seven top seven is almost a guarantee it's gonna be an edge rusher a corner or an offensive tackle because the top tier of each of those positions is of a very high standard um i love the top tier of all those positions people talk people criticize this class not that many blue chippers most of the talents in the middle rounds okay well I see some guys I really, really freaking like at the mm-hmm. top of those tier one players. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like Bo's our, uh, 
our resident secondary guy. He knows, he knows a lot about it, but um, you know, production off the charts, uh, measurables, fantastic. And his name is sauce. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, yeah, yeah. if he was a potential fourth rounder, I think he's getting taken in the third round just because of that. So, um, but, but seriously, no, he's awesome. And I hope that happens. Cause like, let's see some chaos. And also I'd really like to see you be right on this one. That'd be sweet. So. Yeah, it'd be fun. I'm trying to separate myself from the crowd a little bit where I can. Uh, number three, Houston Texans. I mean, obviously, that organization is in shambles right now. Um, let me just say, too, by the way, it's so interesting because compared to recent drafts, the first five picks has been pretty easy the last few years. I've been doing mock drafts for about 10 years just for my own nerdy self. Like, that's just mm -hmm. something I do, and I'd throw it out on Twitter, and a couple people would see it. So I have a pretty good feel for how it's been over the last while. This is probably the hardest one to predict right yeah. from the get-go, even the first pick, especially the top five. And then from there on out, naturally, it's all going to be super unpredictable. So I'm expecting, like, if you're talking about um, rating the scores of mock drafts and how many you get picked right, I think I was around 11 or 12 right last year. I don't think I'm coming close to that. And I don't. I think the average scores in terms of matching players to teams and where, what number they get drafted, I think it's going to be a tough look for yeah myself and the fellow mock draft community <laughs> anyway makes sorry. makes for a better tv show hell yeah, yeah i was gonna say yeah i would i was like my one comment on that pick is i think roger goodell would be doing backflips if he got that draft card that, <laughs> the draft just blew up on pick two yeah yeah for yeah. sure so okay so talk to us about aquanu yeah so the texans are shit they got to do they need to add players all over the field um, but Iki Aquanu, in my opinion, he's my number one tackle. As you guys know, early on in the process, I identified Iki as the number one tackle for me when Evan Neal was slated to potentially be the number one pick by the Jags. I then was like a little more unsure. I was kind of viewing them 1A, 1B. I've officially settled on Iki as my number one guy um, at the tackle position. His ceiling is tremendously high. But he's also just an absolute mauler, the best run blocker in the draft right now. And he's got all the physical tools to develop as a pass protector. So he's a perfect blend. Where You're going to hear the word ceiling and floor a lot. He's the, he's the perfect blend between the two. Super high ceiling, super high floor, just an absolute monster. All the intangibles. And they have Laramie Tunsil there, but Icky's got the, the versatility if they want because they're going to have Tunsil there this year. And you know Laramie Tunsil isn't gonna just like hand over the left tackle spot for a rip yeah. of a of a bong mask or something right he wants to stay in his comfort zone so um it is his comfort zone yeah the pro 30 for 30 on that by the way yeah yeah we'll get one yeah but anyway so icky's a great pick for them you know you build in the trenches i mean you don't you could but i think it's a it's a reasonable strategy to employ especially if they want to get a, a good look at, at davis mills so mm. i mean Davis Mills could be okay. Like, we don't know. Like, it's hard to assess a quarterback, but you're not going to get a clean eval on the guy as a signal caller unless he, you can provide him some time to throw the damn football. So, Icky would be a big step in the right direction in that sense. Um, and, you know, they have another pick in 10, 10 picks, so they'll have a chance to uh, address another position soon after. Nice. Certainly toyed with the idea of an edge rusher there, but uh, went with the tackle. Best tackle in the draft, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. The Jets out four. So interesting, the New York teams, right? Like four picks between them in the top 10. Um, is <laughs> Things are going great in New York. 
Okay. Great time to yeah. be a football fan there. Yeah. Well, I would say it's an okay time to be a Giant fan just because, like, Gettleman's gone. You got Joe Sheen showing, I forget how you say it, coming over as a former assistant GM for the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, the Bills have done a fantastic job building that roster up since um, Sean joined uh, Brandon Bean there. He joined the, the Bills in 2017. Um, and – Anyway, sorry, I skipped ahead to the. I'm talking about the Giants, but we're on we're on the, we're Jets. On the Jets. Yeah, so, sorry, sorry. they run together. You're good. But, yeah, there's t- two New York teams in the top yes, ten. We just said it. Um, so Kayvon Thibodeau at four, right? A guy who was viewed throughout the collegiate football season as the the likely incumbent for the number one pick, regardless of who had it. He's that kind of natural talent. And um, Kayvon Thibodeau is a guy. He's a twitched up, burst strong like all those those physical traits that are so appealing he's also got a motor and i don't understand all the slander that has come out leading up to the draft throughout the pre-draft process questioning his his passion for the sport questioning his motor questioning his you know all the all this shit and i think they just like someone just picked him to start ragging on him and gonna call him the next jet jadavion clowny like they're I'm so glad you I'm so glad you said that. Honestly, yeah. it's such uh like an indictment of the whole process and just how long it takes and it's so subjective. You know what I mean? Like somebody says that he doesn't have this or or you know, he didn't interview well. It's like, dude, that that isn't the end all be all. Like can we yeah. talk about him as a player? I just I don't know, man. Like they're 21 like 21 years old. They weren't flawless off the field or in these high pressure situations in like when it comes to the whole draft process and that's it feels like you know there's a bunch of guys in a boardroom who who are we going to get this label who are we going to attach it to this year mm, Kayvon Thibodeau like yeah that seems reasonable right I, I just and I'm not maybe where there's smoke there's fire I, I don't know exactly it just feels like really every time there is it's it, i just don't buy it and i feel like he's getting a bit of a bad rap to be honest i like i think what's going on here is like it's just the state of the nfl right now like every single good team if Kayvon thibodeau fell to them they just take him and they just wouldn't even think about it like if you watch the tape like yeah. it's hard to be like this guy isn't the number one pick in the draft yeah um he is He's so good. Like he's like yeah, everything he's, you would want so from a like a pass rusher. He's done and is like projected to keep doing in the NFL. Um, I don't know. I I just think there's like one of the reasons why the like this draft is so hard to mock is because there are so many erratic bad teams that are at the top of this draft and like there always are, but like it feels particularly badly run this year. Speaking about like four of these New York four picks for these New York teams, oh, just have so... no clue where they're going to go with them. Like the that's... Giants picking Kadarius Tony and trying to offload him the very next year. Like these are really bad organizations that are at the top. And like the fact that like Kayvon Thibodeau gets to this, gets to the fourth pick in this year, in, in a year that like presumably is not a very great draft class, but at least there's like some depth to it. He's like. I just feel like he's got the ceiling to be the like number one pick, if not the number two pick. Yeah. And like we have three really bad teams, teams that have been bad for a long time, that are just gonna pick not pick him. So hmm. I would applaud the Jets. If they if this falls into their lap, they can't mess this up. Yeah. And again, uh, the criticisms of Thibodeau are nothing more than a forced narrative, in my opinion. You know, when you go to the tape, you see how forceful of a disruptor he is along the defensive line. 
Uh, it's not like he's strictly a pass rusher. He can affect the game in other ways. He can he can set the edge. So Thibodeau would be a great step for Joe Douglas and the New York Giants. Robert Sala, um, you know, in, in San Francisco, building his team there, they had great success uh, utilizing high draft picks and using them on blue, blue chip edge rush prospects. So as long as Joe Douglas is on board with that, that thing, I'm sure Sala will be pounding the table to get a guy like this at four. So that's a great start for the Jets. Um, I feel uh, like Salah just pounds the table anyway. Like that's, that's just, just how he sits down. How he yeah. communicates, kind of thing. Yeah, for sure, he yeah. totally does. That's a good but, point. But except, like maybe even more here. So yeah. Um, got a question on Facebook from Johnny Markell asking: uh, Bills trade with Giants to get into the top ten. Uh, interesting. Again, talking about these New York franchises, they you would think they might have interest to acquire more draft capital. I don't think that's Brandon Bean's mo talking no. about the Bills. I think he's very happy to have us to with his roster how it is now. I think he's going to be really comfortable to sit back, use his draft picks to just acquire more talent, um, and sit there in the twenties and get the best player on the board because he's going to get a good one. And we'll talk about that when we get down there. I'm only spoiling. It looks like the first seventeen picks at this point. Boom. Sorry, quickly. Just couldn't agree more. I think the Bills are a hundred percent fine with where they are, and they're just like. Let's see if we can add a couple of periphery pieces. We don't need to be shaking things up. They are good. They're going to be good, and they have what they need. And they have a good GM. Brandon yeah. being smart. He's a yeah. smart, smart dude. So, yeah. anyway, other New York team. Let's move along. This is another one that's – so, obviously, I'm high on these two corners at the top, Ooh. right? So yeah. I'm high. I'm saying it's predictive, and then I'm saying because I like it. But I do like <laughs> – but I do like – I really Stingley. hope this happens. Yeah. I just think Stingley's Stingley's talent is so obscenely high, so Dude. special that I don't Dude. think these guys are going to be able to resist. So talking about Joe Sheen showing, God damn, someone teach me how to say this dude's name. Where's Sean Cowley? Where's Sean Cowley at? Um, <laughs> Joe showing the GM of the Giants. I already mentioned. I gave you his backstory. A pick too early, but um, his first. The, the first year he was in Buffalo as the assistant GM, they took Tredavious White in the first round. And look what what's happened to that franchise since then. I think he understands the importance of having a CB1, like a legit corner, to, to take control of that defensive backfield and at least be able to lock down uh, the best receiver on the other team. So taking Stingley here, man, like uh, sure, it, maybe it's a risk, but there's always injury risks in football. And lots of guys have, have had injuries. He appears to be fully healthy sure as hell looked at his pro day. I think that kind of reminded people how athletic he is because the thing that makes Stingley so special isn't just his athletic traits. It's not just that he's fast and can jump high. It's how cerebral he is. It's how instinctive he is. I talked about Sauce Gardner being the best press man corner in this draft. Um, well, Stingley is the best who can the most versatile in terms of adapting between press man or zone. And a lot of teams run a zone based scheme. Um, and I think Stingley's value there is exceptional. I think he's so talented. If he stays healthy, he could be the best player in the whole damn draft. Boom. Dude, yeah, I fully like this is another one where I think this guy just kind of got bored when he was at LSU, honestly. Like he was a true freshman in the LSU year with Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Terrace Marshall. Like he's yeah. legitimate, like Justin Jefferson. He's an 18-year-old playing corner and being a lockdown corner, undefeated yeah. team, like a dominant, dominant corner, and then goes into two of the worst years in, like, 
recent LSU football memory, right? Like, he, oh, yeah. it's just like, what are, what's going on here? And he got kind of bored. Like, and there's no way around that. But if you watch the tape from his freshman year, you're just like, this guy is going to be, he's going to be a, a, a legit corner in this league for uh, plenty of years. He's definitely, he's like, to me, that's, that's my CB one for sure. Yeah. And that's completely reasonable. I think he's probably the CB one on a lot of teams boards. Um, all right, I just want to, before we move along to the Panthers pick, I want to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, Mike's Campus Barber. If you're in Hamilton, if you go to McMaster, uh, if you want the best cut you can get, go see my boy Mike Mike at Mike's Campus Barber. He'll get you He'll get you cut up nice, and uh, you'll thank me later. Anyway, um, pick six, the Panthers. Evan Neal, man, getting him at six, that's, that's huge. I mean – this is an interesting one. So GM Scott Fitter is a guy who I applauded last year based on how he drafted. I actually really liked the draft class the Panthers brought in last year. Unfortunately for them, in an area where I was wrong, was was I was thinking that Sam Darnold might actually do a fine job there, and I thought he'd get yeah. a new lease. Me and Scott both are eating our words there. Didn't Dude, work out. We need a 30-30 of that division preview when we were we were all pretty high on the Panthers. Well, they, they have a lot of players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and the season couldn't have started off – started off better so there we were patting ourselves on the back being like oh i told you to look out for the panthers well sure as hell and they turns out they suck yeah it couldn't even have just gone like eight and nine you know what i mean like the the wheels completely fell off like there's the those wheels are still on the side of the highway um it was so tough because they had like decent start the schedule and then they just oh god they looked bad i you know what darnell's no good all right, I'm done. Like oh, he I had, he had it, and they're I a, they're in a tough spot with CMC too, right? Like I'll never forget having what I like. I forget how much money I had on him to go over his rushing yards, and uh, just watching him pull up with his hamstring. I think they were playing the Texans. It was, it was like that. one of the all time Thursday night football moments. I was just Wasn't like, yeah, I'm supposed to lose this. But yeah. wasn't it receiving yards we had? It, it might have been receiving yards. You're right. It was like, and he had like a bunch of touches with receiving yards, but just couldn't break anything. And like his first time kind of breaking something, he like broke it, then went straight to the sideline. And you could just like his hamstring like popped on, yeah. like you could see it from the, the game camera. It was crazy. So, it's so, so it's my job to keep us a little more focused on the draft picks. Yes, yeah, of course. Right. Of course <laughs> we can use this as an opportunity to go in depth on all these teams. We got to try to avoid that. Um, that being said, McCaffrey's due to make $27 million this year. So That's your point, your point is well received. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think Evan Neal, man, like I've never seen someone carry 350 pounds the way he carries it. Like he looks like rock solid. Um, and he's super, he's super refined, fundamentally sound coming out of Nick Saban's program at Alabama. You, you can expect a guy who's going to be mentally prepared for the rigors of a long NFL career. And I think as long as Scott Fitterer cannot feel too much pressure to save his job and go ahead, like, unless he loves Malik Willis, sure. But I think, I think make sure you got the blind side of whoever your next quarterback is safe and draft a guy like Evan Neal here. Cause at six, that's a nice pick for a guy that was rumored to be in, in play at number one for quite a while. Mm. Let's keep rolling here. Um, Charles cross. This is the last of the top three uh, tier one, offensive tackles so the Giants have already nabbed Derek Stingley and uh you know hopefully a future quarterback cornerback one for them here I have them taking Charles Cross I think they want to reinforce the trenches I feel like they're just a piece away from really replenishing that that line 
And my thought here is, first of all, it's been rumored that the Giants might like Cross better than Evan Neal anyway. So that's partly why I had them take Stingley at five, because I figured they would have been happy with whether it's Neal or Cross. Whoever's there at seven, they get them. Um, and the reason why I think O-line is so important for them, uh, despite drafting Andrew Thomas recently and investing a fair bit in that offensive line, is is I think they need to know, and, and you know, I'm saying them. They, it appears they at least believe that Daniel Jones is a capable quarterback and Saquon Barkley is still has, has juice left. They got to give those guys a chance if they want to give them a fair evaluation, and you can't do it without some – some guys who can move the pile in front of them. So it'll allow them to get a good evaluation on those guys. And um, at the very least, it will also set them up for their next quarterback to be well protected when he's not coming into a disaster situation. He's at least got a a line that can keep him upright. Yeah. It sounds like he's going to be like, he's a nasty offensive tackle and he's going to be really good in this league. Like that. I think he nailed it. Cool. So here we go. Sorry, I don't think he writes poetry, Charles Cross, but also he, he can play football too. So, you know, you can do both. You can do both. You can do he both. Can, My, can. It's true. Speaking of the title sponsor, Mike's Campus Barber, uh, we got him in the comments here. He says, new coach, Giants make the playoffs. So Mike's going on a limb. He likes it. He likes it. I don't believe, blame him for liking Brian Dayball, and hopefully some of these draft picks could help them get there. Oh, I mean, Mike. well, oh, it's, Mike. it is the NFC East, boys. Anything could happen. And, uh, We'll, we'll see what happens with, with Kadarius Tony too. I want to talk about the Falcons at eight. Here they get Trayvon Walker, right? A guy who a lot this, of people... This is obviously super interesting, right? The yeah. Trayvon Walker landing spot. Yeah, big time. And the, the interesting thing about it is, like, so we have these rumors about the Jet. Like, it almost feels like half the people have Trayvon Walker going one, half have Aiden Hutchison. But I have him falling all... Trayvon, that is, falling all the way to eight because... Um, I don't know. I think all those picks ahead make sense. I think they're more sure things as players at their respective positions. And I think for the Falcons, it works out too, because they got a guy who can come in and, and worst case set the edge for them and be a, a, you know, be a force along their defensive line. And best case, he turns into this revolutionary prospect who's just going to light the league on fire, which is the rumblings. Because based on his physical profile, it's absolutely Dude. insane. He's got like a eight foot wingspan and he, he he runs so fast for a guy who's 270 absolutely crazy crazy physical profile on this kid um uh, but he's got he's he, scott's gonna bring it back to the production because he's an eight hot aiden hutchison guy the production is not there the counter to that the lack of sacks i forget exactly how many he had he had like six sacks last year um he wasn't always featured or asked to to go get the quarterback in yeah. at Georgia, right? He was often responsible purely for setting the edge, supporting the run, um, and playing within Kirby Smart's scheme. So I just wanted he, to he play a that. little bit inside too, right? Like I think he wasn't like primarily like their edge guy. Like he uh to me, like when I looked at him and like the physical profile, uh Jason OA. Kind of, kind of made me think back to that comp last year. It's being mm. like, oh, I, I hope the right team picks him because he's going to be awesome, or he's going to be a huge bust. Because you get a guy that's that big, that runs that fast, that's that strong and that long. You're just like, okay, he sh- he should be really good. Like he has better measurements than absolutely everyone that's gone through this process before him. But uh, yeah, I hope it's the right team. Like the Falcons are kind of a mess. For sure. Uh, and the Falcons, yeah. the Falcons need some juice, man. They need a guy that could have been the number one pick, right? Yeah. Right? Like, just something like that. Um, yeah. He's Especially on, on that way. side of the ball. And, you know, 
I know I mentioned the production thing. I don't mean it to knock the other guys. It's more just of uh, it's a nice like feather in the cap when you have actually seen it, like with the Hutchinson. But but like that that doesn't diminish how good Walker is or how good I think he can be. And I'm I'm not arguing with you, Colin. I just mean like I'm just pointing out how it's nice to actually have that when when you've seen it before. Um, so I'm just looking at some odds and I see minus one eighty for Hutchinson as the first pick. Plus one fifty for Walker. So, do you? If Hutchinson does go one, do you think? I mean, obviously, this is your mock. You're you're thinking it's likely that he falls. Wh- who do you think would be a possible landing spot for him before that? If you know, like the Jets or or would the Giants use one of the picks? Like he's just such an interesting prospect. Yeah, Lions, Texans, Jets could all do it. Okay, um, oh, like every team is in play here besides yeah. the Panthers, I think. But like. It, it's this is you're right in saying this is like one of the most volatile drafts. We're that's what I'm asking. Yeah. So that's what I'm asking. I just yeah, yeah. W- what you would think, but uh, it's a tough I, one to bet on. There's a tough. It's kind of tough to find the value in some this, of those, especially now. This would be a home run for Atlanta. An yeah, absolute home run. Just based on like they're not going to get shat on by their fans for taking Trayvon Walker at eight, even if he doesn't work out to be this like revolutionary oh, prospect, yeah. right? So it's kind of nice. I will say though, this is the first spot where I, th- I mean, I, I know the Panthers maybe actually would be the first spot where Malik Willis or the first quarterback could go. Maybe it's Kenny Pickett. Um, he's got some connections with Matt rule, former, former coach uh, at temple where I forget the connection, but anyway, um, but here, the Falcons, I mean, what I was thinking, right, because I'm going back and forth, they got Mariota in there, and that speaks to an uh, offensive scheme that they're going to employ there for Arthur Smith, right? They want to have some mobility. They want to have a quarterback who can move. Well, by golly, if w- what yeah. would be a better offensive system if it's already set up for Mariota to bring in Malik Willis? He can still sit for a year. But, again, that team has so many holes, man. I, I almost feel like it's too soon for them to draft a, a pro project developmental quarterback that's how bad yeah. the roster is too soon I, to drop to draft a developmental quarterback i agree i would go with Mariota, see what happens and then try to roll it over into the next year and get the best guy now yeah, yeah. yeah. but like i think it goes back to like how well these teams are run uh yeah. somebody's gonna pick a court one of these eight teams is gonna pick a quarterback yeah. like i just i just i just as like a predictive mock i would i would totally have malik willis here at the minimum so let me say this bo though i i think you're probably right i mean history would say you're right you want to know how much so once in the last 21 years has a quarterback not gone in the top 10 yeah one one time that was the ej manual year 2013 i think or maybe somebody's gonna like somebody's gonna do it i feel like the panthers almost have to do it because they don't have like i don't know how it's like gonna sell tickets but like I could see, I could totally see the Falcons doing it too. But the thing is, if you're not sold on this quarterback class, which a lot of people aren't, do you just do it for the sake of doing it? No. And that's kind of my point. And my other point. Yeah. Smart teams would not do that. And and my other thing is um, this being predictive. So Panthers, Falcons, Seahawks could all do it. I don't, I don't really want to guess which one and just screw up the whole board when I don't know. So I'm yeah. just, you know what I'm saying? Like if I'm yeah. truly unveiling my, my personal rationale for, for the picks as I have them, that would certainly come into play for my yeah. formula. Now, after Trayvon Walker, I want to talk about one of my favorite players, Jermaine Johnson, the second 
Um, he was a defensive player of the year in the ACC. He's He actually was Trayvon Walker's teammate at Georgia, and he transferred out because he couldn't get on the field, obviously, because it was a historically great de- defense. Yeah. So no knock on, on Jermaine Johnson. Talk about a perfect perfect opportunity for a guy to actually transfer. We, we make fun of guys for being too eager. They blame other people, so they hop in the portal and switch it up. This is a scenario where it was clearly mutually beneficial. Jermaine Johnson went over to Florida State, lit it up, lit the lamp, um, and I love the kid, man. I love his game. I think he has a chance to be the best edge rusher in the class. Like, Me I, too. I, like Killed I really, it at the, at the Senior Bowl, right? Oh, he was dominant at the Senior Bowl. He was dominant all year. And again, I've mentioned this with a couple other guys, but he is one of those guys who is so good against the run, like an all-around football yeah. player, not just an edge rusher. So love Jermaine Johnson. I got the Seahawks going with him here. They could also go any which direction. Very hard to predict where they're going to go. Uh, total tire fire out west, Bo. Yeah, it's and, uh, good out here. They yeah. suck. Yeah, I had them take <laughs> I had them taking Malik Willis in like my my previous mock draft, um, but here I got him taking Jermaine Johnson. Here at ten, we're da- we're down to the New York Jets second pick. They got Kayvon Thibodeau at four. Here I have him taking Garrett Wilson. This okay, could- so here we go. This yeah. this is what I like. Now yeah. we're getting into the receivers. Yeah, and like the parody that's coming with this whole receiver class. All right, let's go. Yeah, there's going to be this a is run. your wide receiver one boom. No, he's not. He's not necessarily my wide receiver wow he this this could easily be jameson williams for one because who, who's a receiver potentially with the highest floor garrett wilson is most people's wide receiver one um yeah. drake london interest any all at all are you talking for the jets or for me yeah I, for the yeah for the jets oh for the jets uh potentially yeah i mean i think so they got let's think about it they got elijah moore who i think is an emerging star i think he's going to be a star Drafted out of Ole Miss last year, slipped to the second round. Once the second half of the year got going, he looked absolutely electric, just like he did throughout his college career. Corey Ole Davis Miss had some dudes, eh? Yeah, no doubt. They just didn't have enough relative. Like they had a great year, obviously, but they've had some one-off, like special, special talents for sure. Anyways, it's like Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good comp actually. Um, but but Garrett Wilson is absolutely right at the top. With, so for me as well and i just think he's a little he's a nice compliment uh the jets also have Corey davis say what you will he's a solid experience wide receiver three so i think it's important they bring in another top tier player at the position here they could potentially be getting the, the best player at two separate positions edge rusher and thibodeau if you feel that way and garrett wilson at receiver so it'd be a nice haul for them and it would certainly not only help their run game because they'd have more threats down the field uh, but it would also obviously alleviate some of the stress on Zach Wilson, their sophomore quarterback, who they have high hopes for, and who has a shit ton of arm talent. So they they need a receiver, man. They have they had no punch on offense. If you actually watch the Jets game, like what needed to happen for them to get a first down? Like the stars had to align. It was unreal. And like you know, they had a couple of nice games. Obviously, that game against the Bucks, they they looked really they looked really good. And like I think was it Braxton Berrios had a really good game. But you need a game breaker. And they need someone on the outside and like Wilson. Well, literally. like also for the Jets, like they, they got hit by the injury bug like early with Makai Becton going out. Like Zach Wilson basically had no chance after that, right? Like he, yeah, that need, guy, that's, need, that's how you need, set your offensive need, line. They need playmakers. Yeah. They do. 
Yeah, like, and I, you know, Berrios is solid. Elijah Moore is solid. Um, Corey Davis is solid. But this is like a guy with like wide receiver one potential. And those are complimentary guys they have. Totally. Elijah Moore is arguably more than a complimentary piece, but we'll see at the NFL level. Certainly would be like an amazing number two, I think. Oh, yeah. Garrett Wilson's a perfect guy to be that number one. So that pick makes plenty of sense. Um, but let's just say Garrett Wilson is my second favorite Buckeye receiver in this draft class. Mm. Um, oh. Yeah, moving on to the Washington Commanders. Kyle Hamilton, there he is, Bo, a guy who we've talked about a lot offline with the yeah. betting lines. The line was six and a half. I was like, he's going before that for sure. And here I am. I have him slip into 11. So it's uh, <laughs> funny how things change, right? Yeah. But anyway, uh, Kyle Hamilton, man, potentially – He's a top three player in the draft for me. He is so unique. He's so special. He's incredibly long. So he's a massive safety, which is why he's drawn comparisons to Derwin James. Um, but he's also just like, no, no matter what his 40 time, he's rangy as hell. He can support the run. He's incredibly instinctive. Uh, game speed. It's yeah, one thing. It's one game thing to, speed. Yeah, game speed. And it's one thing to have length, and it's one thing to be able to use your length. And if you watch yeah. this guy, the amount of plays that he blows up on the back end where he comes out of nowhere like a center fielder in baseball is what he really is. That's what he is on the field. Um, and he seems to check all the boxes, all the intangibles in terms of the kid, the type of person he is, uh, and his mentality. So love that pick for Washington. They could use hey, the safety help. Just just checking the odds, like as uh, – Actually, first comment, I had to really do a double take when I saw Commanders because I completely forgot that that was the team name. And um, the odds uh, for Kyle Hamilton, the over-under is 11 and a half. And it's, wow. minus, and it's minus 115 either way. So wow. Vegas is in line with you there, man. No kidding. I, didn't, I was not aware of that. That's good to know. He is a culture changer. Like, that's the one thing I'd like to add to everything. Like, he's going to be a guy that comes into your defense and, and is – like going to be like a green dot captain of your defense on day one type of guy, smart, yeah. smart football player, incredible instincts. And like, you can forget the 40 speeds. It's the game speed and his instincts just tell me that this is going to be a really good football player. Yeah. He's, well, he's going to be, I think he's going to contribute right away. He's going to be really good right away. Absolutely. Well said. Um, Scotty, while well, you got the odds in front of you, so I got yeah. Stingley at five. I want to know what his line is at for where he's drafted for any of our betting aficionados because Derek Stingley going higher than he's projected to me feels like my favorite bet without knowing. I, I knew it was 11 and a half uh, last nine week. And a half. So it's, it's nine creeping. And a half. Went to 10 and a half, went to nine and a half. I'm telling yeah. you folks, take the under on that. I like the under on that. There's I don't think I don't think he gets past Seattle. Like there's no way. Yeah. They, okay. There you yeah. go. So there's a little juice. It's minus 145 on the under, plus 115 on the over. But obviously they're trying to take you on it. They're trying to get you to take that uh, yeah. over. So hey, I mean, that's a lot of. There's a lot of room, a lot of wiggle room there. Boom! Like if you have him at five, Bo, you don't like him getting past the Seahawks. The nine and a half is looking pretty enticing right now. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay, let's motor along here. Uh, the Vikings. They've had needs for a corner. A lot of people thought and still think Derek Stingley might have been the guy for them he's not going to be there but I still think this is a fine situation for them because Trent McDuffie he's like 5'11 so he's a little undersized but he is such a great player yeah he's uh, awesome yeah he's fantastic like he his movement skills are, are tremendous again he's one of those those defensive scheme proof players like on the defensive side at the cornerback position which is super valuable he could fit into whatever your your defensive coordinator scheme is um, he's got great ball skills, good athleticism. 
the way he just like moves his hips and changes directions is Dude, so impressive. Yeah. Oh, his, his the way that he even like plays the run, like just watching him. I've watched a little like quite a bit of him now. Um, I actually think I like him a little bit more than Sauce Gardner, even. Like I think he's like my CB2, honestly. Wow. Um, he like the way he just kind of plants his feet and is just like going downfield or like downhill to like make a tackle on running backs. Like I just love I'm addicted to that from corners. So yeah, I, I love Trent Duffy. This would be a great pick for the Vikings. Lord, and that's so funny you say that because it's very noticeable, the cornerbacks who actually enjoy getting yeah. into the run game and stopping the run, right? Like, it's not like a, oh, does, is it kind of, it's, no, it, like, it really, it really pops because, yeah. you know, in certain ways, you can be a cornerback and you don't have to be super physical. I mean, or you can kind of avoid it in a, right? Like, in certain mm-hmm. schemes. And if, if you're just, known as a lockdown corner, but the guys who can actually step up and enjoy tackling big running backs, like that's saying something. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I like that you like him, but he's legit, man. Uh, makes perfect sense. The 17, tech- 17 and a half, by the way, is his, uh, is his line. No, so, oh, wow. I, there too. But he's a guy too, right? Like uh, now. Could totally see him falling too. Yeah. Like the trend, like I could see Andrew Booth Jr. Who's going a few picks later. And, yeah. and for me, he could be go before McDuffie. You never know. Easy. So it's not someone I'm going to like pound the table that he's for sure going to be there. But I just like the fit and I like the player. Um, next, we got the Texans with their second pick. I have them taking Devin Lloyd. I'm picked. I'm just thinking like Lovey Smith's there. And Devin Lloyd, like I've said it before and I'm saying it now. Shades of Darius Leonard. And, and I don't like yeah. I don't like the comparison sometimes, especially if it places like unfair, unjust, lawfully expectations onto a young prospect. But Devin Lloyd earns that comparison by how he plays. He's graded out really highly for a guy who's so big. He's like six three. Um, yeah. He he is in phenomenal in coverage, which is just essential for a modern day linebacker. Um, let's get let's avoid the Devin White conversation on that, please. Bodan, <laughs> do me a solid. Um, I have a I have a better comp. Uh... Uh, no, not a better comp, but later on I'll, I'll bring something up. Go mm. ahead. So Devin Lloyd, you know, Lovey Smith, they already got Iki Aquanu at three overall. Here they take like a really special linebacker prospect, and there's a lot of places he could go. This this is probably more like his ceiling of where he would be drafted. Yeah. But, but I'm just kind of going with my gut here, thinking that Lovey might be like, all right, we took the big guy. Let's get, give me a give me a player, and he's old school, so he could probably assume that might be a, a linebacker would do that. So there you have it. Jordan Davis, the star of the NFL Combine, just an absolute monster, incredible athlete, game wrecker, all that good stuff. The fit with the Ravens makes too much sense. I feel like if he's on the board, they know they're the best team to allow him to realize his potential. And, um, you know, they're going to take advantage of of his skill set and find ways. And if he can't stay on the field enough, well, you know, the Ravens will find ways through rotational interior players and and they'll find a way to use them. So Jordan Davis out of Georgia. It's a nice pickup for the Ravens. That's uh, literally the reason I saw the mock and I put this shirt on. I was like, that is like my favorite pick of this draft. That uh, makes so much sense. And I put this on for Stingley. Nice. So, there you go. So we're both Don and purple in the end. And I put a shirt on. So the viewers weren't sick to their stomachs. So <laughs> all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's keep humming along here. We're, ma- we're making better time on, on it now. Um, the Eagles' first pick. All right, I'm going to give us a little room here. The Eagles' first pick, number 15. I have them going corner. Uh, Jordan Davis might have been a guy they'd have looked at. Devontae Wyatt, the other defensive tackle out of Georgia, to slim. 
uh, defensive tackle class. And that's an area with Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargraves contracts coming up right after this year, they're both free agents. Lots of thoughts are that GM Howie Roseman is going to want to reinforce that whether or not he brings one of those guys back more likely Hargraves will try to resign. But anyway, here, I think they want to get a corner too. And I think Andrew Booth is, is the last of that top tier of corners who is really good, like cornerback one potential, slide them opposite Darius Slay. You got a great mentor for him to learn from. And all of a sudden, the back end of your defense is looking pretty nice. So Andrew Booth Jr. is who I have out of Clemson, player I like a lot. Makes sense. I like it. I like cool. it. I got to be honest. I don't know much about him, but. Sure. Yeah, fair enough. Sure. 15 of the Eagles. Makes sense. They could use him. Yeah. So here I have Jamison Williams going, who is like a very contentious receiver prospect. Like he's a lot of people's number one receiver in this class if he was healthy. Mm-hmm. I love his game breaking speed and he runs so smooth. It's beautiful to watch. Like when you see yeah. these plays, um, I was watching Bryce Young clips today and like they're talking about his deep ball and everyone. You just see Jameson Williams running by dudes and it is wow. lovely to watch. That said, um, he's not for me a receiver who I think has like as well-rounded. Like I want a receiver who can do different things and still have that deep deep threat ability like a guy like Garrett Wilson maybe a little more dynamic or versatile uh, in terms of his route tree and his ability to go over over the middle and pursue a football so but anyway I'm not trying to knock on Jameson Williams I'm just saying he falls to 16 because of the knee injury he's dealing with a torn ACL from uh, the national championship game here the Saints pick him up a lot of people think the Saints traded with the Eagles to get into the spot to take a tackle before the Chargers that's the the prevailing thought amongst the the uh, evaluators and just kind of the draft media community. Um, but I think here, I think the Chargers could also go receiver potentially. I've seen that a bunch. So anyway, I have them taking Jamison Williams because I don't think the tackles at this point are appealing enough for me. I think it, they've kind of fallen off a cliff a little bit. So here, here, if, if Jamison Williams is healthy or he, when he gets healthy, slide him alongside Michael Thomas, whoever the hell knows what's happening with him. <laughs> yeah. But if he can rediscover where he was a couple years ago, then that's a really nice tandem. And I think the way that those two receivers play would really play off of each other and, and assist Jameis Winston and the rest of the, of the roster. Yeah, I, I, I like Jamison Williams. I Like the one thing I'd add is like he's like as much as he doesn't do the stuff underneath his deep route running like the tempo that he uses to like on his double moves and like just that's how he kind of lures a, a cornerback into like cheating on the route and he's then just polished. past them. Yeah, he's so polished going yeah. on those deep routes. So I, I I love him. He's I I think he's actually my wide receiver one at this point. Like after watching all the tape of these guys, um, but yeah, I I think the one thing I'd say with the Saints, like I think that what you've got going on, I kind of agree with you. I think they're gonna have something to with these two picks. Um, I would probably flip them is, is the, is the one suggestion that I would make there. Yeah, completely fair. Um, and anyway, so to the chargers, Tom Telesco, their GM hit a home run when he got Rashawn Slater, who slipped to 13 last year, Uh, uh, bookend left tackle for a long time. looks like he's going to be an all pro Mm -hmm. anyway. I think they've done a great job in the off season, Telesco and the chargers adding pieces, not just real Mack and JC Jackson, but other guys as well. So I think they're in a bit of a luxurious position in the sense that um, they could go a number of different ways, but they don't they aren't necessarily forced to go any which way. And I think Zion Johnson is the best guard prospect in this class. I think he's refined. I think he's technically sound. I think he's strong as hell. Um, seem all indications are he's got like an amazing character, all that shit that I don't actually know. I'm just regurgitating that information for you. 
Um, but anyway, I think it's a good pick, man. Add more, add more to that offensive line because you have a prized possession back there. You are yeah. so damn lucky. You have Justin Herbert, superstar, who's continuing to ascend in the league. He's yeah. so so special. You got the receivers for him. Keep his ass upright. Let him let him do what he does best. Zion Johnson would help them do that. No, nothing else to add. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's what you need to be thinking. Beautiful. Rashawn Slater was awesome last year, but like the right side of that Chargers line was abysmal. Totally. Um, so getting Tackle. a Zion Johnson would be awesome. If I would, I like if we are doing trades, I I think the Chargers are going to be one of those trade. Like you don't be surprised if the Chargers trade out of this pick and try to add a few more picks because. They've got a really nice roster. They've done a lot of things in free agency. So I could see them saying, okay, let's grab some more draft capital and see what we can do later on. For sure. And you're totally right, Bo, about, about that. That's, again, why people have speculated that um, the Saints moved up in front of them yeah. to take a tackle. And funny yeah. enough, I have neither of them taking a tackle with those <laughs> picks. Um, but I just think, like, look down here, the Saints get Trevor Penning at 19, arguably yeah. the next best tackle, unless you want to take more of a project, but a really talented player like Ryan Smith out of Tulsa. Here they take Tre Trevor Penning. Um, but I just think Zion Johnson is such a superior player overall. Yeah. And I think they could use a guard too. So I'm kind of betting on the player here. I don't, I don't think you're wrong there. I think like if they keep that pick, that makes a lot of sense to me. Zion Johnson or Devontae Wyatt, some sort of a defensive tackle just to kind of fix up the middle of their line. They they need help on both sides. Both sides of their line and the middle of their line. So. And and Devontae Wyatt would be a nice fit. Or maybe maybe a linebacker like Devin Lloyd because they got to stop the run, of course. But yeah. anyway, Drake London, really interesting player um, who a lot of people are split on. Man, there's a couple unique receivers. I think of Drake London and I think of Traylon Burks where yeah. evaluators seem to be very much divided. Some of them are like, oh, hell no. They're out of my top five. Like, not fast enough, this and that. Drake London's youngest youngest of these receivers. He absolutely lit it up last year for USC when every defense knew he was their number one weapon by a mile. Yeah. Former high-level basketball player, and he plays basketball out there, boxes dudes yeah. out, contested ball, master. And, and he, he's great at yards after the catch, man. I, I've, I've watched him catch a ton of, like, hitch passes and take him to the house. So, yeah. yeah. I really like Drake London, and I think to get him at 18 is, is a nice coup for the Eagles. No pun intended. Birds coop. That like, anyway, um, but I think I could see him. I could see him fitting really well. Like that's why I was like kind of the Garrett Wilson pick. I could see that Garrett Wilson pick being Drake London and just the way that Zach Wilson kind of attacks the game and kind of you solve those interceptions that he had. I think Drake London takes a few of those interceptions off the board and maybe even turns them into touchdowns. Honestly. For sure, he's he's got a lot of Mike Evans in his game. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mentioned it on my last episode where you guys weren't here, but. Um, you know, relax, Bucks fans. I'm not saying he's Mike Evans, but he he's very unique. Yeah, and he's not as fast as Mike Evans, but he's like him in some ways. And I also, last thing I want to say on that is I I like Drake London to the Eagles because I think he is such a nice compliment to Devontae Smith. Smith. Yeah. Like I just think the way those guys are different is yeah. really cool, and it's just giving options to Jalen Hurts or whoever their quarterback will be next year. We'll see. Trevor a lot Penn. of wide receiver picks for the Eagles. You know what I mean? Like over yeah. the years, like well, that's. You got to keep you got to keep taking kicks at the can if you're going to be a sure. dumbass and pass on Justin Jefferson to. to take... <laughs> yeah, they could have just picked Justin Jefferson and probably not had to do this at all. Honestly, yeah, like the Michael Smith and Drake London if that works. Oh, sorry, that was weird. Um, sorry about that, folks. No idea what happened there. Trevor Penning, Northern Iowa, bit of a project. He's like a mean sob, like ruthless, yeah. like piss people off at the Senior Bowl because he was like. 
throwing their heads into Playing the ground. Playing through the whistle. <laughs> oh. Huh. Weird. I don't know, Bo. That's weird. Is that you, Bodan? I can hear it, but. Yeah, I can hear it too. Uh, okay. So, I, anyway, I already talked about Penning a little bit. I guess he's the next best tackle on the board. I don't like him. If I was in this spot, I'd just wait for a tackle. If I was any of these teams left in the first round, I wouldn't touch a tackle, even if I needed one, because I just don't like – I don't feel like the value of the players matches the value of their position, and I don't think you want to make the pick just because you need a tackle. Easy to say, though. We got we got Tristan Wirfs uh, in Tampa, so. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Steelers at 20, Malik Willis. There he goes. It's been talked about plenty yeah. how much uh, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers brass are infatuated with Malik Willis. They have Trubisky there, who, again, could fit that, like, oh my God. runner, passer mold, and Malik Willis could sit for a year, or he could play regardless. Um, here's where I have the first quarterback coming off the board. Well, Trubisky's fucking awful. So, yeah, they need someone. This makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And at 21, you know, another team that could go so many different directions. Um, I have the Patriots taking one of my favorite players in the draft, Daxton Hill. I think, Bill, like, they lost J.C. Jackson, right? They they need help in the secondary. Maybe they want to take a corner. But I just think that the value of a Daxton Hill is so special compared to even the next best corner, whether you think that's Kyrie Elam or Kyler Gordon out of Washington, I think Bill Belichick would be, would want to take advantage of Daxton Hill. He'd want to get all over that. A guy who could play in the nickel. He could even play corner and he can certainly play safety would be a really nice fit for the Patriots. And I think, I think Bill would pass on the receiver pass on the Devonte Wyatt potentially like that's another place he could go or a linebacker, maybe a Nicobe Dean, but yeah, I like Nicobe Dean there. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, man. Like, where Nicobe goes. I had him there initially in my last mock, but uh, I think it just seems like people don't expect, they think he's a little too small, yada, yada, overlooking the intangible traits a little bit too much. It also seems like, I don't know, to like two Michigan guys, two safeties, they just picked up Jabril Peppers, like to add Daxton Hill to that kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of seems redundant. Yeah, I agree. But Dak, uh, Hill's not a safety necessarily, though, man. He's true, true. Nickel. That's the whole point. That's why I'm saying it's kind of redundant, but uh, like I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. But fair enough. Um, sorry, boys. I'm just trying to zip through, so just stop me if if you have anything you want to drive jo- well, in. This okay. next pick is. Oh, I just, I just think Daxton Hill is criminally underrated. Oh yeah, he probably the second pick. Um, <laughs> if I had to be really unbiased about the whole thing. Uh, no, seriously, he's going to be good. I think the Patriots makes a lot of sense, and I think he's going to get the most out of himself no matter where he goes. I know that sounds a little cringy, but uh, based on what I know and what he's done as a as a Wolverine, that's what I would guess. So No, and I think that's legit, Scott. Some guys yeah. need to be in the right position to have yeah. their talent maximized. He's one of those guys where you don't even need to worry about him. That's, that's where I'm at with him, yeah. So George Karloftis, Ed Rusher out of Purdue. Bo, you have thoughts when you see that? Well – I just think if the draft did shake out like this and the Packers didn't go wide receiver at 22 and waited until 28, like I, I'll, I feel like if I was a Packers fan, I'd be choked. I'd be very upset with that. Yeah. And, and like also Chris Olave is on the board, right? Yeah. Olave, yeah. Traylon Burks, yeah. George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, who's like I've got an affinity for for sure. So. Yeah, yeah. Th- so my, my thought is I don't think they're worried about Pickens. I haven't seen Pickens on, like, any first rounds, right? He's mock True. drafts, personally. 
And I think he's a perfect fit for them because they like size, man. They don't just like speed. And Olave maybe doesn't have quite have the size they want. I don't know. Yeah. But more importantly, I think Karloftis, some teams are going to be really high on and some teams are not high on. So yeah. he's he's contentious in that sense. But he also fits a need for them. And um, if you listen into like guys who are plugged in with the Packers, they actually identify this like defensive line, a guy who can rush the passer, but also stop the run as a really important piece for them. Karloftis was was initially early in the process considered a top 10 pick. I think it actually works out type of player he is, the way he fits their defensive scheme. So I think they might actually prioritize that. If anyone's going to prioritize it over wide receiver, even after losing Devontae Adams, it's going to be the Packers. They haven't drafted a, a, a wide receiver in round one in 20 years. I know, but like it just feels like this year if they don't do it, like yeah. I, I, they, they have to do it with one of those two picks. Well, I have them doing it, right? That's so, yeah. yeah. I think I had a landlord named George Karloftis, but that's not a good <laughs> dude. That's crazy. I had one named George Pickens. No, they. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, at twenty three, the Cardinals. This is most everyone has the Cardinals taking a DB or an edge rusher because obviously they lost Chandler Jones and they need help in the secondary. My thought here is Steve Kime. Like they also lost Christian Kirk, and here they could get a player who's significantly better than Christian Kirk. And Chris Olave, who has fallen too far, in my opinion, my favorite of the receivers, and just an absolute burner, but he can get open, yada, yada, yada. We don't want to talk too much about the guys at this point. I think Steve Kime, they might do that, and they might use their later draft capital to address their other needs. I think pairing him with with Nuke Hopkins, and then you got Rondale Moore, I think those wow. three, three players would be nasty, and they would play really well off of each other. So here I have them taking Olave, bit of a shot. It's, I, yeah, it's for me. It's like I don't know. Yeah, go ahead, Scott. There. No, no. I was just gonna say. I think that the, I mean the the loss of Kirk really tipped their hand, or you know, tipped the scales as to what they were gonna do. I think they really enjoyed having the multiple threats on the field, right? And and for Kyler to just spread it out and and kind of figure out who was open and go that way because, you know, if you can have a first round tell, and you, obviously Christian Kirk got overpaid like beyond belief, but he's still a good, like he's still a productive player, right? He still made a lot of sense and he still, and he still did a lot on the field. So I, I think this, I, I like this shot here. Boom. I think an Olave or Burks, whichever one you prefer, uh, makes a lot of sense for the Cardinals. Yeah. And then speaking of Burks, moving along to the next pick, Dallas Cowboys, they need help on the interior uh, offensive line. They could use help on the interior of the defensive line. However, you know, Traylon Burks is sitting there. You got Michael Gallup, who tore up his knee at the end of last season. Um, obviously, Amari Cooper has already moved on to Cleveland. So they have a dire need at the receiver position as well. And with Traylon Burks available here towards the end of the first round, not to mention, not to mention, proud Arkansas alum, just like Jerry Jones. I mean, yeah. it sounds ridiculous, but it's no. Jerry Jones. So yeah. it's not ridiculous. And if there's one owner that would be like, oh, it's an Arkansas, it's a, it's a hog. Like, we'll pick yeah. two. Like, honestly, I think that that would give Burks the nod over someone else. Seriously. Like, yeah. Yeah. As ridiculous as that is. So, um, I, I, I honestly, I think, I think that's uh, super relevant here. I, I like, I like the, the idea of him being paired with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. I, I like that is a, a diverse and like very capable wide receiver room. And Traylon Burks is, is a wide receiver by trade, but like I could totally see him turning into that kind of Debo Samuels role. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I feel like the Cowboys are at a bit of a crossroads with their wide receiver room right now. And, yeah. you know, you're if you're going to commit to it here, you're saying, all right, I'm going right. We're going to we need to preserve this skill position group uh, for Dak Prescott to maximize his value. I think that's a play if you got a guy like this on the board. Some real yeah. nice, tasty receivers, man. In, in yeah. First oh, round. like you can't go around with picking a real, uh, any of these wide receivers in like the back half of the draft. Just talking about the Cowboy receiver situation. Sorry, quick aside. Not, I don't want to say the CD Lamb emergence, but the CD Lamb like ultra breakout might be one of my favorite things to watch. This, I just love him. I just love yeah. him. And he was obviously great. And like the duo of him and Amari Cooper was great. But like, let's see him as like the bona fide number one and just wrecking people because he can't. Yeah, force him the damn ball, man. Like, yeah. shit. Like, I, I, you know, I love CD too. <laughs> Remember when they didn't use them in a playoff game? Do you oh guys remember that? That, Cowboy, that seemed really weird. Cowboys, Cowboys are so annoying. They're so annoying. Yeah, but I kind of love it. Like it's hilarious. I, I kind of love it. Yeah. Too. No, I don't. I, I I'm not saying they shouldn't do that again. Keep doing it, Cowboys. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Okay. So whether any Bills fans are watching, I'm not sure. But most people seem to really be hopping on the trend of the Bills taking Brees Hall or at least a running back, being the first team to do it. And I think, let me say this. I think if there is any team who should consider, seriously consider taking a running back in the first round this year, it is the Buffalo Bills because they are so well constructed to succeed this season. And it really feels like that's a position where if you can bring in an explosive talent, he could be a major difference maker for your franchise, potentially help put you over the top. That is how I feel because I'm not in love with these Buffalo backs. But the way Brandon Bean values position, he believes in value, and he wouldn't like the value of a running back here, and there's plenty of good backs they could get with their later picks. I yeah. think he would rather, going back to my earlier point about Joe Sheen, when he was the assistant GM in Buffalo, uh, Brandon Bean selected Tredavious White. He knows the importance. Look how that worked out for him. He wants to add, especially with Trey, Trey White getting hurt last year, here they add a little bit of depth, an important um an important player to add right at an, an important position to add especially when you think their playoff exits these last two years have been to the merciless kansas city chiefs patrick mahomes andy reed etc get a corner in here a talented talented corner and see what, what he can do for you yeah I, I love this pick i do not think they should go running back i think their best running back is josh allen and if they pick Bryce Brees hall their best running back is still Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would go, I would go secondary with this pick too. Either Carrier Allen. Uh I like the the safety out of Baylor too. That guy's I feel like he's gonna be really good as well too. Bills um, can't Bills can't go safety though. They got they got two two the best. I was thinking that too, but then I looked up Jordan Poyer's contact uh contract and he's got one year left. So yeah. they they might just go and get some leverage and some insurance, right? Like they maybe they go safety. I, I agree with you. Those are two of the best. We've talked about them before. They, they're two of the best safeties, if not the two best safeties in the league. Um, but I could see them doing that. I could also see them going into your defensive line. Like they got their asses handed to them by the Patriots last year when they, they just ran the ball up the middle for an entire <laughs> game when everyone knew they're running up the ball, the ball up the middle. I could see them going defensive tackle as well. I like the due diligence, Bo, looking up Poyer's contract. I, I think they're going to be eager to bring him back. Uh, but I, still, yeah, I would hope but, so. But still, great point. I like how you brought up Petrie, uh, the Baylor safety, because he's so versatile. Again, that's a guy you could play in the nickel for a couple years, mm -hmm. cross train him at safety, 
And then, you know, again, the versatility of some of these defensive backs, I think, is a growing trend. That's why I have Petrie on my board right now on this board, um, because I just think it's valuable. And that's why I'm so in love with Daxton Hill. And a number there, I love the safety group this year, by the way. So there are yeah, really good safeties. But Kyrie Elam could be a player, that's for damn sure. Tennessee Titans desperately need help on the offensive line. Mm. Kenyon Green, second best guard. He's neck and neck with Zion Johnson, who went almost 10 picks earlier to the Chargers. Kenyon Green is viewed by many to be the number one guard in the class. To get Potentially the number one guard in the draft at 26 would be an incredible coup for a team that is in desperate need of, of an offensive guard. So this just seems like a perfect fit for both the team and the player. Yeah. Shout out Tits Island, but let's get to the 27th pick. 27th pick. Here we are. A guy who I've said would be the perfect, perfect pick for the Buccaneers this whole time, but I've never mocked him there because I just didn't see it unfolding that way. As I went through this, this wasn't a reach. This wasn't a force. This wasn't part of some plan I had to get the guy I wanted. I swear to God. It just so happened as I was chugging through it and really investigating some of these team needs for these other franchises, I found this scenario presenting itself. I'm not 100% confident that Jason Light and the Bucks would take Devontae Wyatt automatically um, just because I think he would be a great pick here as the one or two first or second best uh, defensive tackle in the draft. Um, I think, I think there's a good chance they address the secondary with a corner or a safety. Lots of talk of Lewis seen out of Georgia because Todd Bowles loves, wants a strong safety as much as I am a fan of like the interchangeable nature of having like two safeties who can do a bit of everything. He's still a little old school in terms of wanting a strong safety to compliment Antoine Winfield, a guy who can, yeah. um, be your single high. So Anyway, though, you can't deny that this would be a really great pick, a home run pick for the Bucs if they did opt to select Devontae Wyatt. He can he can help reinforce the run. Again, something else Todd Bowles loves to fit alongside Vita Vea, but he's also got all the tools to really develop as an interior pass rusher as well. Given, I mean, given Bowles being the head coach, this just makes so much sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously the safety help as well, but Wyatt, so good on that and anybody from that Georgia defense just feels like, yeah, all right, you're probably going to do pretty well if you get one of them. Makes a lot of sense uh, for the Bucs to go with a D tackle here. I, I like. I keep on going back to, like, if you're going to bring back Dominican Sue, yeah. why not take a swing at a deep defensive tackle later on in the draft and, and take – I just feel like what you guys ran into trouble with last year, like the Bucs ran into trouble with last year was – the injuries on the in their secondary. So I, I like the idea of like a safety or a cornerback in this spot. Um, but if you end up with Devontae Wyatt, like I'm all for a team leaning into their strengths in the draft, especially in the first round. Like if you know you already have like a juggernaut unit, like just keep keep adding to that strength, right? Like just never run out of it. But I just think the way last year went with all the injuries in the secondary, I could totally see them going going with the secondary pick here and i would be okay if they did like to yeah. be honest yeah. if it's the right player so scott messaged well, me privately telling me kyrie elam went to florida I, I figured out why because it said florida state I, this the damn uh, google sheets automatically would correct to florida um, florida well, state oh, yeah. so thank you scott oh you know well i mean box fans like they, they got a couple ways to go here but they're gonna get a good player and yeah. i think Wyatt is if it's me, I, I would I would love Wyatt in this spot personally. Would you be sad if they traded out of this? 
Oh, I'm glad you said that. I think that that's what I wrote in my write up um, that that you can find in the article that'll be up on Sports Illustrated this week. Um, SI.com slash NFL slash Buccaneers for anyone who's tuning in. Haven't really plugged that yet. Um, I think the Buccaneers will absolutely be interested in moving back. Jason Light's notorious for working the phones no matter where he is or no matter his team situation. He's already made comments directly stating that he loves the middle rounds of this draft. When asked about the strengths of the draft, he said the middle rounds, there's a lot of good players you can get. Um, And I think that there's a really good chance that they do move back. And maybe then they pick a Trey McBride or the best tight end and and get one of these safeties they like. So it's totally on the table. Wouldn't be shocked at all. Like I, I like it, and and you would like that too, right? I think so. Depending who they scoop in the second, for sure, it could make sense. But again, if they're going to stay here and Devontae Wyatt's here, that makes that that notion a little more challenging to do, really? like to pull the so trigger on. If Devontae Wyatt's on on the board, like still in the green room, presumably, um, do you go and they and you see a trade is a trade has been announced or whatever whatever yes. Goodell says? Are you? Uh, are you upset? Are you what's going on? No, because I'm going to trust Jason Light, man. It's kind of yeah. like, you know, as Raptors fans, the Masai Ujiri thing, like I could be critical in the moment, yeah. whatever, but I'm always going to defer to him because he's better at his job than I am at his job, you know? <laughs> yeah. So he's better at his job than he is at my job, even. Yeah. Uh, okay. Question for me. Yeah. Here yeah. we go. One of my favorite guys, another one of my guys, George Pickens out of Georgia. Uh, the Packers get this receiver. Like, like, Arguably the most similar to Devontae in the sense that he can play that true like X and he's just strong as hell. Great feet. He's 6'3". He's fast. Uh, amazing hands. He's just getting slept on because he was hurt last year. So Yeah. He I, easily could have been wide receiver one if he wasn't hurt. Totally. And I don't understand yeah. why so many people – like no one has him in the first round. And I was like, I'm taking a That's stand nuts. here. I think this is a perfect fit for them. Um, they like big receivers. They like fast receivers. Again, part of the reason I had them go Karloftis at 22 instead of Olave there. I don't think they're just going to take the fastest guy or the guy I think is the best. I see a fit here. Love Pickens as a player. This would be nice. This would be nice. I, I like it. I think, uh, the other guy that's gotten a little bit of buzz is that Christian Watson kid out of, uh, North Dakota state. Um, I, they have to get, they have to get a one. They, like they cannot leave the first round without getting a wide receiver. Yeah, Christian Watson on paper is absolutely like the definition of what I just said, size yeah. and speed, right? But he's yeah. too much of a project. Like he's he had a ton of drops. He's playing um for North Dakota State. I mean, just really hard to evaluate. I it, when it's all said and done, I I don't think the Packers are looking for that. They still feel of co- rightfully so that they're ready to win this year. So they got to bring in a guy who's a little more ready to hit the ground running in my opinion. And I think Pickens could be that guy for them. I, my boldy for the draft, the Packers go wide receiver at 22 and 28. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Just love just it. lay into it. Just like not only missing Devontae Adams, which is like losing three wide receivers in itself, they mm-hmm. also lost Marcus Valdez Scantling. Like they need to replenish that room really badly. So, and they're, and like at this back half of the draft, all of these wide receivers are good. So I like it. I, I would go for it. It's a cool. Pick. I think they go quarterback. You know, I think that's well, can you pick it action? Yeah, I, I think they just I, just, I think they just realized, you know what? <laughs> Rogers loves being the mentor. You know yeah. what I mean? Let's, so let's add another one in there and let's just see what happens. So <laughs> I love it. Okay. I think, yeah, I think Wisconsin would be on fire the same night. 
they, yeah. they haven't got a quarterback. Yeah, well, that's quite possible. Uh, for the Chiefs, their first of two consecutive picks to help getting close to closing out this first round. I have them taking your boy, Bo, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Penn State. I think if you read my article, Bo, Dan, you'll be very pleased with how I focus in on the positive traits this guy has because he is special. You're right. And he has a lot of appealing aspects to his skill set that I think would fit in really nicely. I'm not saying he's going to be Tyree Kill, but if you just think of the players there, right, they brought over yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster. They lost Pringle, but I think they brought in Scantling or they brought in yeah they did bring in Scantling yeah yeah so anyway Jahan Dotson man he's he's got it all except for the size he's light he's light yeah he's He's a little guy but that catch radius this guy is a climber and he can like high point the ball high point the ball all over the field he is going to be able to catch the ball in traffic that's the reason why I like him more than Chris Olave and like he's probably my wide receiver two or three but behind. Jameson Williams and and uh, Jameson Williams and uh, Garrett Wilson. He might even be ahead of Jameson Williams, uh, ahead of uh, Garrett Wilson for me. Um, he just can catch everything, and he catches everything in traffic. He is a very smooth operator. I think if the Chiefs get him, that is keep your eye on him as like a dark horse offensive rookie of the year. Man, you probably, you probably, sorry, Scotty, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say he could catch everything with fucking with Sean Clifford throwing him the ball. Imagine what he could do with Mahomes. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's uh he's probably got the best hands in in of any receiving prospect in the draft. Bo, I'll give you that. I like him a lot too. Um, and then next, so boys, I will say I will, and anyone listening or watching live because this article isn't out yet, so I haven't officially ironed everything out. This is the one pick that I've been going back and forth on. It's the one I can't iron down. I, I've settled for the moment on Jalen Petrie, but it's but I have like a few more hours to change it. Um, and whether or not they, they focus on an edge rusher or an interior defensive lineman, that's certainly on the table in my opinion. This is more a matter of like what the Chiefs look to do here. Yeah. I, I settled on Jalen Petrie because their safety room is an absolute joke. Like not only yeah. is Teron Matthew not there, he, sure, yeah. sure he hasn't signed he anywhere out, but he won't be there. He's, he's, he's insulted. Like he was insulted. So he's gone. They lost Sorensen, who I think sucks anyway. But he went Sorensen the- is awesome. He's- awful. Sorry. Awful. Okay. <laughs> he went he went to the Saints. So direct I know they brought over Eric Reed or whatever, but still, Jalen Petrie is the most similar to Tyron Matthew in in the yeah. sense that he's just he's he's awesome. He he's awesome at everything. He's a ball hawk. He can play at the line of scrimmage. He he can do everything you need a safety to do. And I just I'm not saying they're gonna try and you know, recapture exactly what Tyron Matthew was, but I think they saw and learned how dynamic they can be with with him as a focal point of their defense, and I think they might try to recapture that a little bit with a player like Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. The Chiefs another needs- another guy who absolutely killed it at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like he's, uh, I think he could have a first round pick just based on that performance. So I love this pick. I I hate that you're wrestling with this one because I think it makes a ton of sense for the Chiefs to go and get him. They, they need someone on defense to make a play, to make a yeah. tackle, honestly. Like, so if, if Petrie can step in and be that guy and, like, be a contributor, they need that on the defensive side, 100%. Nice. Maybe maybe you guys have helped me. Yeah, let's keep I, – I, I like these last few picks. But, yeah, let's let's zip through these last two. Yeah, Linder, Linderbaum's a common one. I mean, he's a phenomenal football player. But, unfortunately yeah. – Linderbaum. Linderbaum. Yeah. yeah, the teams who need – Little arms, though. These uh, ones. I this mean, is him in pass protection. Bigger, bigger arms than Roger McCreary. 
Oh. Um, but boy, Raj. Linderbaum's a beast, and I know like the Bengals have re- revamped this offensive line. They could certainly go with a corner here. I think that's a, there's a good chance of that, or even a rush, a pass rusher. Um, but I think the 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 value you you get here with like most likely a Pro Bowl center, like he he's yeah. very similar to the mold of Kelsey for for the Eagles. Um, yeah, maybe a little undersized, but he's nails and he's a beast. You don't need to bring up the worst thing again, Bo. We we remember. Don't talk about it. The wrestling <laughs> oh. thing. You got, um, it, you got it. Anyway, I think that would be a good pick, and I think they, there's no reason they shouldn't keep adding talent to the offensive line because Joe Burrow is their prized asset, similar to what I have yeah. laid out for the Chargers. The yes, Kelsey thing is a great comp. Yeah, yeah. Bengals offensive line makes sense. Let's go draft ten of them. Yeah, um, seriously. So, remember, remember the Bengals were in the Super Bowl and should have won. <laughs> yeah, what, what, year, what year was that? Yeah, it was just like two months ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the Lions' second pick here would make a lot of sense for them to go with a Boye Maffe or an Arnold Ebiketti because I had them go in corner um, second overall, right? So that way they could actually get a really nice high ceiling pass rusher as well. But I just love Nicobe Dean so much. And the reason you love Nicobe Dean is for the production, for the leadership. He was the leader of that defense. I don't care who you are. Like Nicobe Dean was their leader. Um, an unbelievable player, another one of those guys who once the foot once the football games aren't being played starts to drop because people yeah. start focusing in on the width of your wrist bone and like yeah exactly. how sturdy is his femur though how yeah. how fast yeah. is he really like get the out of here yeah. the Kobe bone density is only in the sixty eighth percentile we can't build around this guy yeah exactly so like the relative athletic scores ras all that stuff anyway nicobe dean is a baller we've talked about the levante david similarities which is high praise and yeah um he's so instinctive he's so special he's such a nose for the football and just for making the right play hard to find him fucking anything up and that's that's like this is the guy that like when we were talking about the Devin White comps earlier for uh, Devin Lloyd or whatever, the Nicobe Dean, Levante, David stuff makes a ton of sense after I watch a bit of the tape. Yeah. And what are your guesses for his over-under? Um, Great question, man. I would say maybe... I'd say 20. I'd say higher than that. Higher than that. I'd say I mean, maybe 21. I'd say maybe 21 is my guess. 20, 21 and a half. What I is guess. it? So Bo's pretty high on him then. So it's yeah. 30 and a half. So Sheesh. yeah, pretty. I, I feel like he should, he should go to the page. Like, I honestly think that that's a perfect Patriots linebacker pick. I feel like the Patriots need a linebacker so badly. Got Mac Jones last year, leader of their offense. N'Kobe Dean can be the leader of your uh, defense on day one. One of the smartest guys in the draft. He's a fucking mechanical engineer major or something like that like he's one of those guys that like like the anti cave on thibodeau right like it's just basically like there are no oh. character issues with this guy and he has all the production you can possibly think of is that and, because and just won a ring right like he just won the chip so is that because cave was a chemical engineer it is it, it was uh yeah i think it was chemical engineer. just an oil and water situation between those two facts um yeah yeah i mean i'm boat in fucking Fire away on the under, then. Yeah, you're taking him at 21. Then let's go. Let's let's. I'll I'll rock with you on that. Under 30 and a half. There's value. Yeah, there is. What is value. it? Is it 115? Yeah. Same yeah. either way. Yeah, there's, yeah there's, I, I think that's honestly the same. If I was going to make a pick, 
that's probably the safest pick in the draft is that he doesn't get past the Patriots. So let me just say this too. The other reason I see it as a fit for – so say what you will about Dan Campbell. Dude's a guy who buys into like all those intangible things I listed and that we all know are key attributes of N'Kobe yeah. Dean. So I just see a match there as well um, yeah. in that for sense. Sure. So there you have it, boys. That's my uh, that's my mock draft. So again, just a fun experiment, a fun opportunity to not only discuss the players that are in this draft class, but also the team needs. And that was like a, a useful um, aspect of this whole experiment for me as I've been working on this. So I wanted to get my last one out of there a little early. I'm not going to do the last day switching thing. Just going to let it play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, that's a great I, I like if if your only question is the safety pick for the. Uh... For the Chiefs, like I, I really like that one. Yeah, so I mean, on that, this is one of our longer episodes. I was thinking we might zip through it, but uh, it was it's worth it to have you boys both back with me here because that was a lot of Draft fun, season. no oh, doubt. And I got to encourage everyone to make sure you check out that article. It's going to be coming out either uh, Monday or Tuesday, and that'll be an article where I'll have in depth descriptions of each of those picks and and why I think it makes sense. So. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you like and subscribe to the Bucks Banter podcast. You see our Twitter handles here on the screen. Follow us, support us, and we will continue to try to deliver you engaging, fun banter as it relates to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the rest of the NFL. Have a great night, folks. It's the best week of the year, NFL Draft Week, so we'll be back.